0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. Another episode of the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State, number one spot. Number one spot. You're tighter that negative horseshit that goes on in 97.1, Woodward Sports. Everybody's just there to bag on teams we know are bad. Everybody's there just to pile on. Everybody's there to talk shit just so they can say they're right. Listen. We're not going to do that here. We're going to keep the vibes up, dude. If you, especially being a Detroit fan, if we don't have hope, if we don't have a little positivity going at all times, if we're not clinging to something to believe in, we got nothing. We got nothing. Unless you're talking about the Red Wings for 25 years, we got nothing. Maybe the Tigers for a few, the Pistons in the 2000s. Since 2010, dude. All you have, if you're a Detroit sports fan, all you have is just belief, a little bit of hope, just positive spirit that one day things will get better. One day things are going to change. One day these teams will make you happy. It can't go on forever. The Cubs ended up winning. The Red Sox ended up winning. Can't go on forever. And you know I'm talking about the Lions. Of course we're going to lead with the Lions today. I got a lot to talk about, folks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to everybody listening. Everyone who supported along the way. This is this is why I wanted to do this. T- days like today, weekends like this weekend are why I wanted to start a podcast. Why like my vision is to be a Detroit guy, like be a Detroit sports talk person. I don't know what the fuck that even means, but you know what I'm saying? Work for the ring or work for Barstool, one of them. Be the Detroit guy. Days like today and weekends like this weekend are exactly the reason why and more so obviously like the games the Lions game fucking of course and Michigan Michigan State couple tight ones but more so than just the games more so than just the sports and more so than just talking about the teams the fucking narratives and stuff I'm seeing from the other Detroit media outlets are the exact reason that I wanted to do this. The exact reason I, yeah, I know the lions are the fucking lions, dude. I've been living here my entire life. Yeah. I know state as great as it's been, probably not going to win an addy Michigan. Same thing. I can't stand every single week of every single year of every single game of every single goddamn team turning on the TV or going to Twitter or listening to a radio or podcast And all anybody does in Detroit is just bag on the team, shit on the new coach. Oh, I told you so. He's 0-3. He can't possibly be the guy. I cannot stand seeing that stuff. And I get it. Not everyone's Mr. Happy-go-lucky. It's all going to work out positivity. I understand that. Everyone's got their own personality type. Everyone's got their own way of looking at the world. And I'm not saying it's all fucking cherries and rainbows in Detroit. I'm not saying the Lions locker room should be marshmallows and candy canes. By no means. They're fucking 0-3, and they just blew a game this weekend against the Ravens. By no means. But at the same time, these guys, people coming out on their whatever, Woodward Sports, like those guys are never going to be happy with anything in life. Those guys are never going to have hope for anything. Those guys are never going to say anything positive ever. I'm convinced that the Lions won the Super Bowl. Those guys would be like, man, Dan Campbell only didn't smile enough. They won the Super Bowl. How am I supposed to believe in Dan Campbell when he's only smiling for five minutes after winning the Super Bowl? Ugh, can't do it. I'm supposed to believe in this guy. Andy Reid would have been smiling for seven minutes. I got to believe in Dan Campbell only smiling for five minutes after winning it. Like I swear those guys would nitpick some stupid shit like that. All I see on Twitter from those guys, and listen, I don't know any of them. They're probably fine people, probably fun to hang out with, probably a good time to go get a beer with, I'm sure. And I don't know if they're doing it for clicks and attention to grow. Uh, It's working. I mean, every fucking Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every day of the week I open up Twitter and I see a new Woodward sports clip where one of them is just saying something ridiculous, saying something so negative, saying something so premature in the new eight, like within this new regime of Lions football, something that you can't possibly form an opinion on three games in to a new regime, and they're getting dragged across Twitter, rightfully so, because they're saying dumb stuff. They're being the worst. They're being that guy where when they show up, you're like, ah, this guy's coming. I got to want to listen to this dude all day. I don't want to listen to this guy complain. I don't want to listen to this dude just be in a shitty mood for no apparent reason. I don't want to listen to this guy just be negative the whole fucking time. They're that person. They show up to the bar. They show up to the pregame and immediately deflate the room. Everyone's like, oh. like really, dude? One time, like have a posi- just bring some juice. Bring some energy. One time, try to uplift instead of just piling on. One fucking time. That's exactly what those guys do. It's all they do. And it's working to some extent. I mean, I don't follow any of them. How could I? I can't stand listening to them. Yet they show up on my timeline every single day, right? Like they're getting the engagement. They're getting people talking about them. They're getting whatever it is they're looking for. So I guess I understand it from that aspect. But the things they're saying, it's like, How, like, I don't know how it works, I guess. I mean, they. who knows? Maybe they're making a million bucks a day. Their followers are blasting through the roof. I don't know. But at some point, like, sure, maybe you're getting the engagement on Twitter. Maybe you're getting some follows. People are quote-tweeting, retweeting, whatever. You're not, are you making fans, though? Like, isn't the objective, when I do something like this, I obviously do it because I just enjoy talking about sports or whatever it is that I'm talking about. And I enjoy when it's the second shrink podcast and I'm talking about random stuff. I enjoy making people laugh. I enjoyed bringing new perspective, like just trying to be funny, trying to be entertaining. Absolutely. But at the same time, like I'm trying to build a community. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get people that are like, Oh, Hey, do you listen to the new Detroit or like you listen to that take? Like fine. Not everyone's going to agree with everything I say. Yeah, of course not. That's just, that's not human nature, but, but at the same time, I when I when people listen and when people are talking about, oh, the new episode, I want it to be like, hey, you made a good point. Like, it's only game three. I want it to be positive. When people are talking about it or when people listen, I want people to walk away. Yeah, it's dire straits for the Lions. They're 0-3. They're going to have a top five pick this year. essentially over already, and we're fucking three weeks in. That blows. But. I want people to walk away with a little bit of positivity, like a little bit of, all right, well, I guess that's fair. Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better. It's going to be tough to feel good about the Lions at all this year, but I want to provide the one thing. Yeah, well, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Instead of pointing out what everybody fucking has known for the last 60 years. Like, what good is that bringing? What value is that bringing? If I come on here, talk for an hour, and all I tell you is the Lions suck? Yeah. No shit. The Lions suck. They're the goddamn Lions. What good does that do? What good does it do for me to come on here and just rip apart our third or our first year head coach three games in, coaching an absolutely atrocious roster? What good does just r- ripping on him do for anybody? It doesn't make me happy just talking shit about our coach who was brought in and I'm supposed to believe in, who was brought in to change the circumstances, who I'm supposed to rally around and I want to rally around as being the guy that will finally fucking change things in Detroit. What good does it do to just rip on him? It, what, it doesn't do any good for me. What? I just make myself upset. I talk myself out of believing in the new guy who's been here for three weeks. What good does it do for Dan Campbell? Hey, 97-1, Woodward Sports, all these people are just talking shit about you, Dan. Great. The city's not behind you. You've been here for three weeks. You inherited a garbage roster. And guess what? It seems that everybody wants you to fail. Can't tell you why. It doesn't make a lick of sense, but that's how it seems. Thanks for coming, Dan. Hope you like Detroit. What good does that do for Dan? What good does that do for the team? What good does – like, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing positive. There is nothing that's going to change the circumstance of what the Detroit Lions are by doing any of that. And I can't stand seeing it. Again, yeah, fine. Not everyone's Mr. Happy Go Lucky. But at the same time, dude, like, look at it from a positive outlook one fucking time. It's the third week of a new regime who inherited maybe the worst roster in the NFL. Were guys really coming in? These Woodward Sports guys, 97-1. They really come into this season like, okay, we got a new coach. If Dan Campbell really is that guy, by week three, we should be two and one. Like, is that really the mindset people had? You're gonna play San Francisco, Green Bay, and Baltimore 0 3. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like to win games. I'd prefer to be one and two or two and one. You're gonna play three real tough teams. And when you go 0-3 with one of the worst rosters in the NFL, I can't reiterate that enough. All of a sudden is Dan Campbell the guy? What are we doing? What are we doing? Who thought the Lions were gonna go two and one? If the Lions would have won any of these three games before the season, you said the Lions will go one and two in the first three. I think anybody with a brain would say, wow, that's pretty like that's all you can ask. That's about as good as it possibly gets when you play the Niners, the Packers, and the Ravens. That's about as good as it possibly gets. Is going one and two. All right, you went zero and three. You played Aaron Rodgers. You played Lamar Jackson. You played the Niners' loaded defense. All right, you went one and three, or zero and three. Sorry, with one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Okay, and yeah, that's like about as yeah, that's par for the course. That's par for the course. Oh, and then I go on Twitter and it's—I can't believe I bought into Dan Campbell. How am I supposed to take Dan Campbell seriously? Are we—are we sure Dan Campbell's the guy? I can't. I, Dan Campbell—he's not going to turn around Detroit. I can't believe I thought it was going to be different. We're three weeks in. We're three weeks in. We're three weeks into Dan Campbell. They've played the Niners, Packers, and Ravens, and everybody, Woodward Sports. Oh, I can't believe I bought in. Are you fucking kidding me? What are you talking about? What do people think a rebuild is? And I haven't even I, I'm fired up now. I'm fired up because I can't stand it. I don't understand it. Like what even though I get, yeah, not everyone's positive guy, yeah, I still don't get that perspective you're going to bury him three weeks into his tenure because he lost to three teams that are probably all going to be in the playoffs. What? Okay. Why do you care that? Like, why do you, are you a fan of any sport? Forget the lions. Why are you a fan of any team in any sport? Oh, oh, it went a little bit bad. It's supposed to be really bad. And guess what? Three weeks in it's bad. And that's it. Just quit on every – like, that's boom. Done. You're down. You're out. You quit on Dan Campbell. He's not the guy you decided. Three weeks in, losing to three playoff teams with one of the worst rosters in the NFL, can't say it enough, and you're out. Okay, why do you watch sports? Why We don't need you. Get out. Why – like, these guys at Woodward Sports – I hate to keep bagging on them. Like I said, they might be great guys, but their fucking takes, the stuff they're saying about the Lions and their attitude and perspective, it's poison, dude. I can't stand watching it. Why like, why are those guys, why are you talking about sports then? Why is it that you, your career, you're spending your days, your Monday through Friday, talking about the Lions? Why are you doing that to yourself? Apparently, you have no interest in it being a positive experience apparently you are chomping at the bit to talk about how bad it is always to talk about how it'll never work to talk about how the coach can't do it. The GM can't do it. The players can't do it. Negative, 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 negative. Why are you a lot? Like, why are you choosing? You're opting into that being your life. Why, why I'll never get that. You're like, you wake up Monday and you're like, man, let's go. It's Monday. I can't wait to talk shit about our our three-week head coach who's inherited one of the worst rosters in the league. I can't wait to talk about how he's an imminent failure, how there's no chance this rebuild's going to work. Yeah. That's what gets you out of bed in the morning. Like, oh, man, let's make sure there's no hope. Although there's never been much hope for the Lions in this city, let me make sure this week that there's zero hope. Let me poison the minds. Let me just be the most negative influence. What does that do for anybody? What does that do for the Lions? What does that do for Dan Campbell and these new guys who you don't think they're trying to win, dude? You don't think they're doing everything in their power to make the Lions not the Lions anymore? Dan Campbell played here. He knows the fucking deal. He knows it's same old Lions. He knows all this shit. You don't think he's waking up every day, grinding, trying to figure it out, trying to fix this as fast as I can, and you guys are going to go on the radio or on your podcast three weeks in and say, oh, man, I can't believe. I can't believe I believed in him for three weeks. Oh, what a waste of time. Three whole weeks I bought in, and now I'm out. Oh, fucking losers. Don't understand it. Don't understand it. It, It's it's the most loser mentality I can possibly think of. And I know the Lions aren't necessarily winners. And by necessarily, they're fucking not. They're losers, absolutely. But you don't change a culture of losing by thinking and acting and behaving and speaking like a fucking loser. You don't change something that's never worked, something that has been negative, by just being more negative. Like, you think – Dan Campbell and the players probably don't give a shit about Woodward Sports, (laughs) obviously. But what is being down and negative in three weeks? Three weeks. Three fucking weeks, dude. Not even a month not even a quarter of a season, three weeks, putting them down, saying it'll never work. Dan Campbell's not that guy. How are you ever supposed to believe in him? How could you ever believe in him? Three weeks. What is that ever going to do to change it? Like It's almost to the point, do you want it to be changed? Do these guys want the Lions to win? Like, Are you just hoping it's bad forever so you can just keep (gasps) – Spewing the negative bullshit. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Since when is a rebuild supposed to occur in a three week span? Like, since when was the expectation? This guy, fucking today, I don't know his name. The guy that was saying, I can't believe I bought into Dan Campbell. What, what, like the expectation was three weeks in, all the problems are gone. The team's fixed. That since when was that the expectation? Since when was anybody, why were you expecting a rebuild to, to start, happen, and end in a three-week span playing against three playoff teams? Since when was it, if we're not fucking turned around by week four, Dan Campbell has proved he's not the guy. Since when was, like, who said that? Who made you believe that? Why would you believe that? Rebuilds take a, a long fucking time. Every coach you hear, Mel Tucker, when he got to Michigan State, granted, Mel Tucker, but even the same thing, Mel Tucker's rebuild at MSU, yeah, they're 4-0, it's great, who knows where the season will end. Mel Tucker's rebuild at MSU, they were supposed to be trash this year, they weren't supposed to win some of the games they've won, and yes, they're a little ahead of schedule, but it, it, like, it last year still happened. Mel Tucker's rebuild at State right now is going as fast as I think any rebuild could ever possibly go. One bad year, and all of a sudden they're ranked 16th in the country. I'm sure they're all like, fuck it, let's win the Big Ten. Mel Tucker's rebuild at State is going as fast as any rebuild could possibly go. And he had a year where they were dog shit. Like, last year still happened. So, Who gave – and it's lightning what's going on in East Lansing. Who gave anybody the impression – oh, it'll be week four, the Lions will be two and one, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff will be playing out of his mind and it's going to be fixed and we're going to be good. No. It was like hopefully year three they're good. It's like year one's going to be really bad. We're going to get a top five pick. We're not going to win more than five games. It's going to be bad. Year two also is probably going to be bad. We're probably going to get another top 15 pick. We're going to miss the playoffs again. We're going to win like seven games. It's still going to be bad. It's year three. Hopefully it's good. Who told you a week three? Who the fuck told you week three? It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. You didn't have your quarterback miss a couple weeks and now he's back. It's a rebuild. You have 11 spots on defense to fix. You have a quarterback situation to fix. It's a rebuild for the 50th time. He inherited one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And these guys are, oh, man, it's week three and the Lions haven't won. Dan Campbell, how could I have ever bought in? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, my God, dude. I cannot stand. I cannot stand these guys putting it down. Like, oh, it's dead. The rebuild's dead. Dan Campbell's dead. This is never going to work. Three weeks in? I wish there was a way the Lions – I hope fucking Sheila Ford's keeping her tabs, keeping a list. When the Lions do win games with Dan Campbell, when the Lions do make the playoffs with Dan Campbell, these fucking guys better be held up in an asylum, a room with four walls. You can't watch the Lions playoff game. You can't cheer for the Lions. You can't wear blue, silver, or white on Sundays. Like, fuck these guys because they're going to be the same guys. The same fucking guys that when Dan Campbell wins, when Dan Campbell gets double digits, when the Lions make the playoffs, when it's like cool and popular and and, and mainstream to be like, wow, Dan Campbell, what a job he did in Detroit. These are going to be the same fucking guys that come on and say, oh, look at Dan Campbell. Look at Dan Campbell. Woo, baby. We knew he was the man. Look how he's turned. it. They're going to be Mr. Yeah, Dan, can't pump it. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, dude. It's the most cliche, like successful people always say this bullshit, but it's true. Like look around when you're low, when it's not great, when you aren't famous, when shit's not going well. Who are your friends? Who's pumping you up? Who's trying to uplift you? Look around. It's not great in Detroit. They are 0-3. The team is really bad. Who's pumping them up? 97-1 isn't. They're not even attempting. Woodward Sports, they're not attempting. There are positive things that happen. They're 0-3, sure, but guess what? Lamar Jackson, they made him look like an amateur. That's good. You think Matt Patricia's defense makes Lamar Jackson look like an amateur? Fuck no. They fought back in that Niners game. They fought back in the Ravens game. There are positive things happening. They Players, for the first time since Patricia was hired, act and talk and say things that, like, they're having fun. Positive things are happening. 97-1's not talking about that. Woodward, no, those guys aren't mentioning anything. It's not great in Detroit. They're not even close to trying to fix the problem. They don't want to be supportive. But guess what? In year three, when we have a quarterback and a defense and they're 9-4, and four, Right, And it's a big game, and they're trying to clinch the playoff spot. Those guys are going to be, woo, Dan Campbell, what a turnaround. What a great job he's done. They're going to be fucking right on his coattails asking for interviews, trying to tag along. You know they are. Look around when things aren't going well. Who, who are your friends? Who's uplifting you? Those fucking guys aren't. But guess what? When things turn around, they're going to be first in line. Hey, Dan Campbell, love you here at Woodbird Sports. Can we get an interview? You're the best. Fucking cowards, dude. I can't stand looking at it. I've done 20-something minutes now already, haven't even talked about the game, just talking about these Detroit sports media pundits. Dude, I can't stand them. Like, I'm sorry. I cannot stand the Detroit media and just – like, I know – yeah. Don't come on like, woohoo, Lions. Yeah, it's 0-3. I get it. Can we fucking not bury their new regime three weeks in, though? Like, is that too much to ask? I don't need you telling me how great Dan Campbell is and how the Lions are awesome. I don't need that. But can we just, like, I don't know, not rule it a failure fucking three weeks in? Is that too much to ask? I can't stand it. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, reload my coffee, um, and then we'll get into the Lions game. I mean, (laughs) that's the Lions. The most Lions game I've seen in my entire life. Quick break, we'll do Lions. Take another break, talk MSU Michigan, and call it a day. So the Lions lost this Sunday, 19-17, Justin Tucker. Can't even talk about this, dude. Justin Tucker, fucking record field goal, of course. He hit a fucking record field goal, of course. 66 yards. Hit the, It hit the crossbar. It hit the crossbar, and it still went in. Ah after the Lions bottled up Lamar Jackson all day, after they sacked him like 10 times, after they hit him 20 times, after he was on the run all day, after the offense figured it out, turned it on and battled back in the second half, after DeAndre Swift said, you know what, fuck this, dude. Give me the ball and move and we'll score some points. Give me the ball and get the fuck out of my way and I'll make sure we score some points. After the crowd was brought all the way back from the dead, I was in attendance. Place was dead and then the second half it was like, whoa, the Lions don't want to quit just yet. They don't want this season to be over just yet. They don't give a shit who the Ravens just beat. They're not done yet. They're going to fight. After the crowd was into it, the crowd was believing. The crowd was with them. Justin Tucker makes makes a record, makes a record long field goal. It hit the crossbar, dude. It hit the fucking crossbar and bounced in. After giving up, a fourth and 19 that you would have thought the game was over. If you were in Ford Field, the vibes were so high. We knew it was over. They were getting a stop. No way the Ravens pick up a 4th and 19. Come on, man. This is where we turn it around. This is the big, the, the, the first big win of the Dan Campbell era. The Ravens just beat the Chiefs. They come to town, and guess what? We're going to lock up Lamar Jackson. We're going to battle in the second half, and we're going to steal one from a team that just beat the Chiefs? We're going to move the 1 and 2? We're going to win? One of those first three games that I think is is as good as it gets when you look at the Lions' schedule, this is Dan Campbell's coming out. We're in Detroit. The place is packed. The city's alive. The Tigers were playing. It is going to be a party in the 3-1-3 the moment they don't pick up that fourth and 19, and they do, and then they don't call. The referees don't call the delay of game, even though it's the most obvious delay of game in the history of football. I don't know what the referees are doing if they're not calling that delay of game. Why are you there? What are you looking at, referees? I gotta believe. Like, I don't know how being on a five man NFL officiating crew works exactly, but you gotta believe at the end of the game, when it's like, all right, this is the last fucking play, and then they're gonna kick a field goal. You gotta believe that one of the guys sole job before they snap the ball, is to stare at the fucking play clock and make sure it doesn't go to zero. It's not a high school game. This isn't a Pop Warner fucking eighth grade league where there's only one ref that's getting paid 20 bucks an hour. This is the NFL, dude. They have a goddamn team of officials. There's like five of them. They're making a lot more than 20 bucks an hour. Not a single one is paying attention to the play clock to the point. Not like, oh, bang, he's bang, bang right there. And the moment it hits zero, he's blowing the whistle. Not even to that point. Like, you got three more seconds. It was sitting at zero. Just nobody's even looking at it. They. It couldn't be more apparent that nobody was paying attention to the play clock when the clock is just sitting at zero and the Ravens are still just hanging out at the line of scrimmage. The clock is been dead at zero and the Ravens are still just waiting, fucking adjusting to the defense. And nobody says shit. None of the refs are paying attention. What is that? You don't have one ref. It's the last play of the game. You don't have one ref where it's like, Hey, Jim, Make sure you're paying attention to the play clock. I'd assume in a five man fucking NFL professional officiating team that on every play, one of the guys, it's his responsibility to make sure the play clock goes to zero. On the last fucking play of the game, the head chief wasn't like, hey, man, like, you know, make sure, pay attention here. Like, this is big. Pay attention to the fucking clock. Nothing. Nothing. Not nothing. I mean, it's Lions as it gets. That was the most Lions game I've ever seen, maybe. Uh, the Rodgers Hail Mary. I don't know if I'll ever see anything worse than that. But that's as Lions as it gets. You have just the the gross, the gross blown game by the team itself. You have given up the fourth and 19. You have going conservative when we had the ball in that last possession and just giving the ball back to Lamar with time on the clock and timeouts. You have the fourth. You have the kick that's a fucking record that hits the crossbar and goes in. You have the Lions doing their part. You have the offense being a fucking corpse for the entire first half. You have the Lions doing their part. And then, of course, What's a last second Lions loss? What's a heartbreaking gut punch, Jared Goff's words, loss to take without the referees apparently not being interested in doing their job or being interested in making sure the Lions lose? I mean, honest to God, dude. I know there have been other teams that have been fucked. I know the I, who is it? The Saints? That who was it? The Saints and the uh, was it the the Rams? I can't even remember. I think it was the Saints and the Rams where there was that clear P.I. and the Saints got fucked over. Yeah, there are other teams that have been screwed by the referees. How is it that this happens to the Lions every full, every year? Every single year. How, how is it that that since I graduated high school in 2015, the Lions have lost like eight games eight different games where the referees make a clear and blatant wrong decision, a clearly incorrect decision. Either they misinterpret a rule, they don't know the rule, either they're they're just throwing phony penalties. They're just like, wait a second, Green Bay can't lose to the Lions. We got to throw a flag. How is it that there have been like eight times since I graduated high school where the Lions – are are clearly, like, uh, being, like, being screwed. I don't know if they're being prejudiced against. I don't know if referees go into Lions games and are like, hey, let's make sure the Lions lose. I don't know if it's just when Lions games come up on the schedule, referees are like, day off, fucking snooze fest. You don't need to pay attention. I don't know if Roger Goodell's phoning up the crew chief like, hey, like, let's make sure the Ravens, let's do everything in our power to make sure the Ravens come back here. I don't know how the fuck it works, but somebody needs to explain to me how this shit happens to the Lions at least one time a year, at least one time a year to the Detroit Lions. And it's not, like, controversial. It's not, I mean, as in, like, oh, maybe that was the lay game, maybe it wasn't. It's never like, oh, yeah, well, you could argue this, you could argue that. It's always like, wait a second. what? That's wrong. It's always a clear, like, Incorrect decision, incorrect call, incorrect rule. The lines are just getting fucked. Clearly, it's not. Well, well, they got the snap off pretty close. No, it's uh, Lamar Jackson sat there for three seconds and then snapped the ball. It's what are the refs doing? How does that? I, I don't understand how it always happens. Like one time, twice, it's like, all right, fine, I guess shit happens. Once a year. Once a year on blatant calls, the Lions are losing games. Like, that doesn't happen to the fucking Chiefs. I don't remember Pat Mahomes losing a game because the referees are just not paying attention. Because the referees called the phantom face mask. Because the referees are calling roughing the quarterback or hands of the face when our guys' hands aren't anywhere near the guy's face. I thought, When's that happened to the Chiefs? When's the last time that happened to the Patriots? When's that happened to the Cowboys? like even the cowboys people say oh the des catch all right fine at least the des catch though it's like hey i think he caught the ball but at least it's like yeah i mean i could see how people think it's not like you're right you could see both sides it, uh, you can't see both sides the refs just letting the clock sit at zero and not doing shit not enforcing the rules of football what I, how do you argue that <sighs> and the saddest fucking part is, like, Dan Campbell, I'm sorry, brother, but, like, this is it. Like, that's got to be in the game plan. Like, you got to chalk up, hey, we're probably going to get fucked over at some point by the refs here. Like, the the referees are going to make sure, or at least they're going to try to make sure that Justin Tucker gets a chance to whack this football through the uprights. It sucks. It sucks that the referees – are are going to be a 12th opponent, a 12th man. It sucks. But, Dan, he knows the drill, like I said earlier. This is Detroit. These are the Lions. This is what happens. Like, you need to go in the game. You need to condition the team. Like, dude, th- like, you're not going to get any fucking favors. You're not going to get bailed out. It's going to be quite the opposite, actually. You're going to get bailed out against. Like, those wide receivers are going to get bailed out a couple times. Quarterbacks getting get bailed out like they're going to get bailed out at least once today. It might be on the last play of the game. It might be late in the fourth quarter. It might cost us the game or that might nearly cost us the game. You are going to get fucking railroaded by the referees at some point, fellas. You got a game plan for it. Like, that's the sad part about it. That's the sad part about it is, yeah, the refs cost us the game. Yes. That's a fact. The referees at the end on that last throw out of bounds, not doing their job, is the direct reason the Lions he hit the crossbar. You move it five yards back, he's missing. The line the refs not doing their job there is a direct, direct cause of the Lions losing that game. Directly affected the game. And the sad part is you got like that's just it's part of the deal if you if you're with the Detroit Lions. The sad part is, is here I am, two days later, and I'm not even mad about the refs. I'm not even, like, upset. Yeah, it's fucking annoying, but, like, all right, it is, that's it. What am I going to get mad about? I'm going to get mad, and then the lines are going to get the apology from the NFL office, and then it'll happen again next year, or in a couple weeks, or both, probably. The sad part is the refs directly cost the Lions the game, and here I am, and I'm more upset at the 4th and 19. I'm more upset at the offense being a dead fucking body for the entire first half. Like, it fucking sucks. Do you know how depressing it is? Just like, yeah, refs cost us the game. Like okay, and like what? Uh, that's not an excuse anymore. That's just Lions football. That's not an excuse anymore. You know that's gonna happen. Overcome it. Had a fourth and nineteen. Had a fourth and nineteen and left their only guy that's caught a pass all day. And Mark Andrews wide, fucking open for a first down. Can't get mad at the refs. Yeah, they cost us the game, dude. That fucking happens every year. Every single year, at least once, the refs cost us a game. Stop acting like it's new. Stop acting like, oh, my God, I can't believe. What do you mean you can't believe that happened? That always happens. How can't you believe that happening? That fucking always happens. It's cold in January. You can't believe it's cold in January. It's always cold in January. Oh, my God, the refs cost the Lions a game. I don't know if they wanted the Ravens to win. I don't know if they're not paying attention. I don't know if they're just morons and bad at their job. I don't know. Roger Goodell fucking made a phone call. I don't know. Refs cost the Lions a game. Why can't you believe that's? You can set your watch to that shit. That is the most believable thing I've heard in my entire life. There are higher odds that the Lions caught or the refs cost the Lions a game than there is like the Chiefs making the playoffs. Uh, I get, I mean, most Lions lost – like, that's as Lions as it gets. I was in the stadium, flat, air sucked out of a balloon like you've never felt. It. The vibes were so high. That last drive, even though we gave the ball back, the defensive line was getting after Lamar. They sacked him. It was like fourth and 19. They're backed up. The D-line's getting after it. This place is loud. People are believing. Like, no way. No way. Of course fucking record off a crossbar. That's as Lions as it gets, though. That I mean, that's the definition of the Detroit Lions. That game is a metaphor for what the Lions have been my entire life. Since I remember sports, since I remember watching the Lions on Sunday, that game, that singular game is the perfect summation of of what the Detroit Lions have been for my entire life. The perfect, the perfect way to describe the Lions. Like if an alien came here and they're like, man, what's like, what's the deal with the Lions? Show them that game. Like this is what happens for 60 years in a row. This is it. This is what they do. That's it. (sighs) Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, I was pissed. Yeah, I mean, after a loss like that, I feel like you should get 24 hours to say anything and not have it held against you. Yeah, I was upset. Yeah, I was given the whole, that's been happening for 60 years. It's never going to fucking change. I was one of the losers. I had the shitty attitude. But there were positives. There were. I mean, I thought, I'll be honest, going into that game, how could you not? I thought Lamar Jackson was going to run for a 1,000 yards. I thought it was going to be 42 to 10. I thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought Lamar Jackson was going to be dancing and flipping into the end zone all day. I thought it was going to be like a Ravens highlight tape. I thought it was going to be, a, you have the Ravens in fantasy, you win in fantasy this week. I thought it was going to be a, what's the record for a quarterback rush yards in a game? Because Lamar might break it. I thought it was going to be a fucking bloodbath. Fact that the Lions kept it close. The fact that the reason they kept it close was the defense of all position groups. The fact that they held Lamar in check, they made Lamar look bad. The fact that they were sacking Lamar, like, a lot. The fact that they were getting to him a lot. The fact that they were stopping the run. The fact that they played the Ravens, who just beat the Chiefs, and had it in the bag should have won the game held them to 19 points and it took a fucking record field goal to do it those are positives those are good signs like that was it was fun to watch the defense be good it was crazy it was crazy i've been ripping on the defense all year they were terrible in green bay they were terrible against the niners i don't know what happened i don't know how they did that i don't know how they held lamar 16 points until the field goal. How the fuck did they do that? This defense stinks. They don't have anybody. Julian Acquara and, and a bunch of scrubs held them to 16. It was fun to watch. People were believing. Every time the Raven – like, you, you would have thought it was one of those games whenever the Ravens get the ball, it's like, all right, well, six more. Put it on the board. No. Ravens got the ball. It was like, let's fucking three and out and try to score something here. They were positives, dude. They shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense. This defense, this Detroit Lions defense, especially off of two not great weeks, after two weeks of, like, being a sieve, after two weeks where people like me are sitting here saying, I fucking hate the defense. They can't stop anything. They shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? They were positives. The battle was good. The battle back. The offense, yeah, they had the – Worst first half I've seen in my life. They could have just mailed it in. They tried. They got back. They adjusted. They gave DeAndre Swift the ball. They scored points. They made it a game. They they were fucking winning after the second half. That's a positive. Yeah, they fell short in the most Lions fucking fashion in the history of the planet Earth. But there were positives. I mean... Doesn't matter now. We're 0 3. Season's over. I, I Like, you don't make the playoffs. You don't go 0 3 and then make the playoffs. You just don't. It's, it's just not going to happen. Season's over. They're 0 3. It is what it is. Now it's fucking, we're three weeks into the NFL season. And as a Detroit Lions fan, it's like, oh, hopefully next year's better. Hopefully we find someone in the draft. Uh, hopefully Dan gets him going next year. That's the worst feeling on earth. Just talking about it with my friends this weekend. Yeah, a a lot of Detroit teams have been bad. Yeah, the Pistons have been bad. The Red Wings have been bad. The Tigers have been bad. It sucks, obviously. Like, I'd rather those teams be good. I'd rather be watching the Wings in the playoffs. But I don't know what it is. Like, I can live with the Red Wings being the worst team. I can live with the Pistons being the worst team. Again, would rather it not be the case, but I can live with it. Like, it doesn't really get to me when the Tigers have the first overall pick for three years in a row. It's fucking unfortunate, but it is what it is. Something about the Lions and being in a football season where it's like, man, these guys are really bad. It fucking weighs on you. We're three weeks. We're three weeks through the season and it's over and it's over it's pointless there is nothing to play for we're three weeks it's been three weeks of the NFL season nothing to play for it's fast forward to next season let's get to the draft the next exciting moment as a Lions fan will be the draft three weeks into the season but two years since we've had fans in the crowd Three weeks in, it's over. Who cares? Fucking see ya. It doesn't matter anymore. It's the worst feeling. It is the worst fucking feeling. Don't mind when the Pistons can't win a game. Still watch when the Red Wings can't win a game. It's different when it's the football team. It's different when the Lions, three weeks in, and it's over. Is what it is. I mean, yep, there were positives. The defense looked good offense battled back. Jared Goff wasn't great, but he figured it out a little bit. DeAndre Swift is sick. Like it, uh, The stadium was loud. People were believing. People cared. There were positives. And then they lost in the most Lions fashion imaginable. And you know what? It probably wouldn't matter if they would have won. Yeah, being one and two would be great. Yeah, you could kind of look at the schedule now and say, hey, do you, like, those first three games on paper, winning one of them, like, that's as good as it gets. Who knows what can happen? Yeah, like, you could write all these narratives and do mental gymnastics. Like, oh, maybe the Lions will do something. No, oh. probably wouldn't have mattered. Like, we win that game one and two. All right, we're still probably finishing four and 13. Like, we're still not making the playoffs. That game doesn't matter in the grand scheme. As a matter of fact, in the grand scheme, it probably helps us that we lost that game as far as the draft pick. But, like, It's nice to have hope. It's more fun winning than losing by week three too, like, yeah, I know we'll be bad, but in week three, you're one and two. It's like, okay, let's see. Like, all right. You can still make some stuff happen. Like, you never know. Yeah. By week 11, when you're two and fucking nine, it's like, yeah, okay. It's season's over week three. You're one and two. It's, you know, I know it's not great. I know this team's not super talented. I know the odds are still against us, but, like, hey, it's only week three. We're one and two, and we beat the Ravens. Maybe something can happen. Nah. Nah, let's just make sure nobody has any hope. (sighs) Tough loss. Most Lions lost. like, that's just it. That's the Lions for you. That's the Lions for you. Made you believe. Blew it. Refs helped. Game. That's the Lions for you. There was some good stuff. The defense was great. Didn't matter. But, 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 you think that, you think a Patricia coach team keeps that game close? You think the Matt Patricia defense holds the the Ravens the 16 before the field goal? Right? You think the Matt Patricia defense sacks Lamar five times or whatever it was? I don't think so. So, those guys on Woodward Sports, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my God, what's different between Dan Campbell and Patricia? Why'd I buy, why'd I believe in this guy? What's different? What's changed? That's changed. That's changed. They fucking dominated Lamar Jackson. That's changed. There is no chance. There is no chance that defense does that with Patricia last year. There's no fucking chance. That's a 40 point game if it's last year's defense, last year's coaching staff. That's what's changed. That's what's changed. But oh, yeah, it's week three. Let's bury it. Clowns. All right, quick break. Um, And le- we'll do a little bit on Michigan, Michigan state, good games, tight games. Kind of what I said last week. I mean, fucking credit to me, <laughs> credit to me, credit to me predicted them. Right. I think a lot of people were saying it and you could tell both teams were in spots where it was like, man, it's been nothing but good times and, and fucking positive vibes. Everything's going their way. Like they're both kind of due for a little bit of a speed bump where it's like, Oh, 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 you're in a, you're in a game. It's the fourth quarter and it's a game. Like both teams were due. Both teams found a way to win. both good wins, honestly, if you ask me. um, nothing crazy. like no, no last second theatric. I guess the state game a little bit, but just good, solid wins, good like even though, yeah, it's it looks better if Michigan kills Rutgers by seventy. Yeah, if state would have beaten Nebraska by twenty. yeah, that's great. But at the same time, as a fan, and again, maybe this is uh, maybe this is just me being a homer and doing the mental gymnastics to feel better. At the same time, though, it's like, you I like wins like that. You need a couple of those games where it's like, oh, shit, there's four minutes left in the fourth and State's down a touchdown. Find a way. Find a way. The great teams find a way. We were just talking about the Lions and, and it being a Lions loss. For 60 years, the Lions have been finding a way to lose. Michigan, Michigan State, they found a way to win. Good teams do that. Good teams play poorly and figure it out. Good teams can't run the ball. Good teams' offenses struggle, and they figure it out, and they fucking scratch one across, and they move on to next week. Both teams did that. Take a quick break, get into it a little more. I must say, I was a lucky fellow this weekend. I uh, spent my Friday evening, the weather Friday, perfect um, at the Tigers game. Oh man, I was screaming. You, you couldn't silence me for nine straight innings. I was yelling at the top of my lungs, cheering on those Tigers, cheering on those Tigers, man. Oh baby. It was a lively atmosphere. Friday night, Tigers game. Saturday took my talents to East Lansing, tailgated in the land of milk and honey. One of the most just High energy places on earth. I don't know. Obviously, I went to state. Obviously, I'm the, like, fucking, I'm going to love East Lansing. Obviously. Um I've been, like, Ann Arbor. sweet. Ann Arbor's a good time. I've been, I don't know if I've been to any other big schools. Like, I've been to uh Columbus, but not for a game, right? East Lansing, man. I'm sure this is, you know, if you went to Ohio State, if you went to Indiana, if you go to Georgia, like, if you go to any big school, I'm sure, Everybody says the same thing. But, man, East Lansing on a Saturday, There there is a different feeling in the air in that in that town once Saturday rolls around and the dogs are taking the field. There is a different energy. Like, you can't find a person that's not in a great mood. Forget, like, being in a bad mood. You can't find a person that's not in a great mood. Everybody's happy to be there. Everybody's happy to see you. Everybody's friends. Oh yeah. Never met you in my life. You're a stranger. Have a beer, have some chili. We got a bunch of food. There's some chairs over there. Help yourself. Everybody's friends. Everybody's a dog. Everybody's family. Everybody's in a great mood. And for the first time, at least for me, first time I've been back for a tailgate since the pandemic, you could kind of feel too that people, it was like, whoo, man, everybody there is looking around like, damn, Like, I'm not, like, I'm going to fucking soak it in a bit this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's been to a bunch of tailgates, right? I went to school. I was there for five football seasons. All the alumni there for four football seasons. People got kids in school. They've been going back to East Lansing for 30 years, 40 years. Everybody's been there a million times. Everybody's done the tailgate and go to the game and hang out and drink some beers. Everybody's done it. But you could kind of tell. You could kind of get a feeling this weekend. Obviously, night game. They did the stripe the stadium. State overachieving to this point. The the social team, Mel Tucker, all week had been pumping up, stripe the woodshed, pack the woodshed. We want to see 70,000 people that, like, they were kind of juicing it up. They were really promoting it, trying to make it a big weekend in East Lansing, trying to make it a big game. And you could feel it. There were a lot of people. The stadium was crowded. The stadium was loud. The stadium was energetic. East Lansing, we're just walking around campus. There were people everywhere. But, like, even though I've been there, I've been around the tennis courts. I've been in the stadium parking lots. Like, I've been to these tailgates. You could feel it was a little different this time. It was a little different. Just, like, the the, the feeling in the air. Because you could kind of tell everyone was like, man, like, that's it's fucking crazy that like this didn't exist for a year. Like, it's fucking crazy that it was 2019, the last time I was at one of these things. Like, you could tell everybody was kind of just looking around, like, wow, man. Like, I missed this. I missed being in this town. Cause it, it, unless you're a student, you haven't gone to MSU, you haven't been to state, you haven't been up there in two years unless you're a student. Why would you go no tailgates, like no basketball? Like, what are you going up for? You haven't been there. Nobody has been there. And everybody, you could feel it. Everyone's kind of looking around all day. Like, man, I miss this place. Like I miss walking around and there's just people everywhere. I miss looking out the car window and it's just green and white. Fucking, hey, I'll say it. I miss looking, looking around, walking around. And it's like, oh my God, every, every female here is just, incredible looking every person here is just beautiful i miss meeting random people and everybody's like sociable everyone's cool and you're like man yeah that's why state's fucking awesome is people that go to state uh bias take no shit but it's true yeah everybody that goes to state i guess not everybody There are some assholes most of the people that go to state it's like damn yeah that's why msu's fucking awesome this is why i loved going here of the people you meet, you're like, that guy or girl fucking rules. Like, I'd like to hang out with them. I'd like to have a beer with them. They're sweet. Let's tailgate some more. They're fun to hang out with. It's like shit. And like all these memories come back out. You're thinking, yeah, football game aside. Yeah, it's fun to day drink. Yeah, it's fun to go to football games. But everything else, it's like everything else was why it was so fun. Usually you go tailgate, and when you're in school, you go tailgate. And it's fun because it's like, hey, we're going to party. We're going to drink. We're going to flirt with some girls. We're going to hang out with our friends. Like, we're going to do stupid shit all day. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then we're going to watch college football. Yeah, that's awesome. That is fun. That is part of, like, what makes tailgating and college towns on Saturdays great. But this weekend, it was like the perspective flip. It was like, man, it's cool being back in a place where everyone's here have a good time for a day where everyone's in a good mood where everyone you meet is like excited to meet you everyone wants to hang out like it's just fun to be in east lansing for all the reasons that going to school there was awesome because yeah going to school there was sweet because of the parties and the tailgates but the best part of going to school there is like you just meet a million people and you leave the place with a million different people where you're like dude i fucking loved hanging out with that guy or i loved hanging out with that girl Or I love – like I'm so happy I met them. Or, Or you leave with the feeling of like you just meet people after school and it's like, oh, shit, you went to state? No wonder we've been getting along. You know what I'm saying? Like just that aspect, like the aspect of being a dog, being a Spartan dog was just so vividly in the air, and it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to take part in it. The game was fun too. Energetic. My voice was fucked up afterwards. Also forgot, I haven't been to a night game in forever. I forgot that it, like, gets fucking freezing cold by 10 o'clock in the fall. Like, I was I was bundled up. The body and the legs were bundled. My nose, dude, I was in, my nose was going to fall off my face by the end of the game. I forgot that that, like, was part of the deal. I was freezing fucking cold by the end. Forgot that was part of the deal. But it was awesome. Great game. Great win. And let's get into it. I mean, the offense was bad the offense was bad. No other way around it. Peyton Thorne was not good. I've been a Peyton Thorne guy. I was a Peyton Thorne guy before the season when they kept talking about, oh, we got a little, you know, who's going to be the QB? Who do we want? Who's going to start? I wanted Thorne. I was happy when Thorne came out week one. I think Thorne's been good up until this point. He was not great. He was not great this weekend. Just missed throws. Like, Forget forget the, hard, the actual hard part of playing quarterback, which is making a read or audibling at the line, just adjusting to the defense. Forget that aspect of playing the position. Like the more fundamental basic aspect of just, all right, he's open. I know he's open. I'm going to throw him the ball like he was struggling with. Just missed like, like three or four throws, I'm thinking, off the top of my head where it's like, what the – like Peyton, that guy was fucking open, buddy. And you just threw it at his legs. What was that? We we're we undefeated right now. We're a ranked team. We're trying to, like, make moves this season. You can't. It's a five-yard drag. You can't throw it at his shoelaces. Peyton, I love you. You've been great. Like, I don't want to rip on you. But, Peyton, that's the third time today a guy's been running a drag and you've just thrown it into the dirt. Like, you, that's a throw you got to make. That's a throw that a high school kid, me, dude, that's a throw that a high school kid playing on a one and eight team. The coaches are like, Nick, you got to fucking make that throw, dude. Like you're not MSU, MSU D two programs. Wouldn't even dare look at you. And they're looking at me like, Hey, you got to make that throw. Peyton, you got some of those throws. It was like, dude, you can't have that can not have that. I thought he struggled. The offensive line is, I got to say, man, after Miami and then now this week, I know we've been running the ball. I know Kenneth Walker is like, I think he's still leading the country in either yards after contact or just yards. He's been great. I know the run game has been awesome. I know the offense, they scored 38 against Miami, 31, I think, against Northwestern, and then 40-something against uh, Youngstown. I know the offense has been good. I know they have run the ball. I know Peyton has had time. Dude, the offensive line, like, they weren't great against Miami. They were not great again this week. And I know Nebraska, I read and heard that the strength of their team and especially their defense is their defensive line. Like, their defensive line is supposed to be the real deal and is supposed to be a bit of a problem. So, that is, sure, that is a little reassuring, no doubt. Like, I'd rather the offensive line struggle against a good defensive line than a bad one. But at the same time, dude, we're four and zero. We're ranked. We're trying to like. I mean, now that we're here, the attitude in that locker room and in the building cannot possibly be all right. Well, whatever happens, happens. Like, as a fan, at some point, a little bit of you is like, all right, like well, yeah, this team's probably not going to go to Indy. I don't. I didn't. I didn't say that. But like, this team's probably not going to go to Indy. They're probably going to end up losing a couple games. Like hey, if they finish 8 and 4, like we're 4 and 0 oh right now. House money a little bit. If they finish 8 and 4, like that's a fucking good season. That's a very good season. When you look at where we were before the season started, that's great. But but dude, we're here. You know what I'm saying? Like we're here. Don't turn back now. Now that we're 4 and 0, oh, now that we beat Miami on the road, now that we took care of Nebraska, we're 4 and 0. Oh. Like I don't give a shit what the what the expectations were before. I don't care that oh House Money 8 and 4 would still be a good season. I don't care about that. We're here now. We're 4 and 0. Oh. I like win just win every game now. Keep winning. Keep winning. Why would I not believe that they can beat everybody on their schedule? If they're in the locker room around that program, I th- you know for a fact that they're like, dude, let's fucking go. Let's go to Indy. We're 4-0. We're already here. Why would it be like, all right, cool. Like, we're already 4-0. Yay. This has been pretty good. Like, if it fucking hits a nosedive, well, we had a good run. Like, no. Nobody's thinking like that. They're thinking, dude, 5-0. And then six and zero, and then beat Michigan. Obviously, beat Michigan if you're zero and six or six and zero. Beat Michigan seven and zero. The the attitude around the team right now should be: let's we, we should win every game. Let's fucking go to Indy. There's nobody on our schedule that we can't beat. Let's do it. That should be the attitude. But I'll tell you, the offensive line makes me a little nervous because man, you're gonna play Michigan, who Aiden Hutchinson might be a top ten pick. Like Michigan's good you're going to play penn state who's a top 5 team you're going to play ohio state who just have freak athletes on their lines like we can't have the offensive line getting beat up by miami and nebraska and then go into ohio state and penn state and like expect to pound the ball down their throats you know what i'm saying like i think a lot of of what this team has done this year has been better than we've expected has been up to snuff with like yeah, you that that could be a good team. You know what I'm saying? Like the defense was fucking lights out Saturday. That Martinez dude was running all over the place. I will say that was a little annoying how the defensive line, the front seven, kept kind of letting him out of contain and scamper. But but Ben don't break scamper as as much as he wants. Like they only scored 20 points. Right, like if you hold a team in college football, if you said MSU is going to hold the other team to twenty every single week of the year, I'd say all right, they should like ten and two. Like you should be able to score more than twenty points every game. You should be. MSU has the athletes. Jaden Reed is a monster, as we've seen that punt return and the touchdown hit. He had a fucking huge game. Jaden Reed's a monster. Jalen Naylor is a monster. Kenneth Walker is a monster. Like, the MSU's got weapons at every single position. Connor Hayward is a monster. MSU's got weapons at every position. That scored 20 points a game. Yeah, dude, that's fucking – that should be money in the bank. Think about it this week. They scored 23 to beat Nebraska, and the offense was lifeless. Felt like they couldn't pick up a first down. They had the big play to Jaden Reed, and then that – I mean, that was kind of it. They got the fumble in in plus territory. They had a couple nice returns, but that was it. Like they couldn't get in a rhythm. They couldn't pick up a first down. The O-line struggled, dude. They couldn't run the ball and they kind of quit on the run pretty early. It felt like Kenneth Walker did not get the ball very many times, which is never a good thing. Like you got a Heisman guy, you got a running back that every team in the Big Ten this year when they play you, they haven't seen a running back like that like get like 20 times I, like the, the game plan week in and week out for the rest of the season, unless we're playing like the number one running defense in the country, the game plan week in and week out should be, Hey, let's like give Kenneth Walker the ball fucking a lot. Let's give it to him 20 times. And then we can run a play action and Jaden Reed will be wide open. And then we can throw a quick slant to Nate. Like let's fucking give him the ball a ton. Even Miami. Even Miami, the run game wasn't great. The run game wasn't bang, eight yards, bang, five yards, bang, 12 yards. It wasn't great. It wasn't dominant by any stretch. But they stuck with it. They still kept giving it to him, and he paid off. He broke a couple bigger ones. Like, yeah, you're going to get stuffed. Yeah, you you know, you're not. Every run's going to be 10 yards. But you keep banging away. You keep giving a guy like that tries. Like, that's what it comes down to. You give Kenneth Walker the ball 10 times with a kind of a clean line. like The old line doesn't need to be bulldozing, guys. They just need to keep it neutral. They just need to make sure there isn't a dude meeting Kenneth Walker three yards in the backfield. You give him the ball 10 times with nobody meeting him in the backfield, like six of those times he's going to make a play. Six of those times you're probably getting at least five yards, right? You give him the ball 15 times. Like 10 of those times he's probably getting five yards. At some point it becomes like, Hey, yeah, he got stuffed. Okay, like that fucking happens. It's football. Barry Sanders got stuffed too. But at some point it becomes the more tries we give him, the better it's probably going to be. Like let, like just keep letting him try, keep giving it to him, keep seeing. And they quit on it. The whole line didn't help him out, like I said. But I don't know. I'd like to see MSU stick with it a bit more just because Kenneth, I mean, he's a fucking Heisman guy. This dude's legitimately in the Heisman running. Give him the ball. He's a playmaker. He makes people miss like no one I've ever seen. But as lifeless as the offense was, like I said, the defense played really well and special teams was nuts. That Jaden Reed punt return was a great play, great fucking design. I don't know. It's like Nebraska was working with us. Like they just. Kicked it right to Reed, and everybody ran. <laughs> everybody ran to Naylor, and it was like you could in the stadium. Right when he caught it, it was like, oh, this is a house call. Like everybody kind of held their breath and was like, oh shit, house. Jaden Reed won the game offensively. Like we had one yard of offense in the fourth, and fucking came back and won. The interception was huge by Chester Kimbro. You could tell too in the stadium that Nebraska was due for a fuck-up offensively. You could tell. Like, even though they kept picking up, it'd be like third and eight. All right, this is the stop. We'll flip field position, take momentum. And they'd pick it up like he'd run or he'd make a throw. But you could tell in the stadium it was like, "Mm, we're so close to putting a plug in, in Nebraska's offense. Like, we're so close to these guys just not being able to do shit. We're so close to these third and eight conversions turning into three and outs. We're so close to Martinez just making a dumb play and forcing something like you could feel it in the air that we were so fucking close to cut. like Nebraska's offense, just kind of stall stalling, making a huge mistake, not being able to make any plays, not being able to pick up first downs. We were so close to that offense, handing it to ours and being like, Hey, Like, you guys can win it now. Like, we can't do shit. You could tell, and Martinez finally made the crucial mistake. Great play by Kimbrough. That return, I don't know how he didn't score. There were, like, 20 guys blocking for him. Then Kenneth Walker took it to the one, and Coughlin, bah, been there before and knocked it through. Easy money. Great win. Like I said, like, yeah, it'd be cool. It would have been nice for State to win that game 42-10. to It would have been nice for State to just manhandle them. It would have been nice for State to look like A far superior team, and give you the idea that oh man, they smoked Nebraska. Like this team might be ready for the Penn States and the Michigans and the Ohio States of the world. Yeah, that'd be nice. At the same time, as a fan, like it's reassuring. It felt good to to watch them figure out a way, even though it was a tough debt. Yeah, I would have preferred the offense looked great and they scored a bunch of points. But hey. Peyton wasn't having a great day. The offensive line kind of struggled. The run game wasn't really there. Like, the offense had an off day. They they so could have easily lost that game, but they figured out a way. The coaching staff was like, fuck it. We need something. Let's run this little trick punt return. Paid off. Touchdown. Right? Like, let's just hang around. Let's hang around. Let's make the field goal. Let's tie the game. Let's hang around. Let's hang around. Let's hang around. around. Our defense let them make a play. They did, and then the offense cashed in like – it, it's those games are big. I I've, I really do believe it because they hadn't been down. State hadn't been in a spot where there's four minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're down a touchdown at home where everybody's buttholes are clenched, where everyone kind of went in this weekend into that game like, hey, State's going to move to 4-0, and big game, straight to stadium. It'll be a fun night. State hasn't been there. A lot of the guys on the team haven't been there. They haven't really been on successful teams where the pressure is on. That's what I said last week, the one thing that made me nervous. These guys in this team, like, they haven't been in a spot where they're expected to win, where the pressure is on them. No, nope, not really. Not really. You could feel it in the stadium. Everyone was kind of like, oh, oh, it's four. Like, it's not a lot of time left. The offense looks terrible, and we're down a touchdown. Yikes. And they figured out a way. They returned a punt. They got a stop. Made an interception in overtime. And won the fucking game. Like, would be great to have beat them by 70. But it's great that MSU, when it wasn't going their way offensively, didn't quit, didn't fucking nail it in. The defense didn't say, what's the use? They kept playing hard. They kept making plays. And the boys figured out a way to win. You got to figure out a way to win. Even the best teams, Alabama, Ohio State, once a year, you're going to hit a point, maybe more. Obviously, Alabama, probably a little less you're going to hit a point where it's like, oh, this game didn't really go our way. We got to figure out a way to win. State did that. Um, As far as the Michigan game, I watched a little bit of it at the tailgate. Like I said, I was in East Lansing. The Oberons were flowing. The jello shots were flowing. The pudding shots were flowing. The warm apple cider and captain was flowing. Everything was flowing. Everything was flowing. My priority was like, let's get a buzz on. Let's have some fun. Let's socialize. Let's soak up. The beautiful fall weather in East Lansing. Didn't watch much of the Michigan game. Watched a few plays. Didn't pay attention, really, to the Michigan game. Sue me. Not a Michigan fan. I was in East Lansing for the first time in two years. Sorry. But from what I gathered, from what I've heard, talked to some of my Michigan friends from what I read, same thing. Offense was good. 20-3, to I think it was, at half. Running the ball. And then in the second half, apparently Michigan's offense didn't get a yard. Couldn't do a thing. Didn't get a first down running game got stifled, which is what they've been leaning on all year. Much like MSU. It's just been like, hey, we're going to run the ball. And then when you try to stop the run, we're going to throw it. And the guy's going to be wide open. Michigan and Michigan state offensively been very similar this year in that way. They couldn't run the ball much like state once again. I mean, very similar, very similar games, both teams, Michigan, Michigan state, both teams, offenses couldn't really get in a rhythm. Michigan was in one, 20 points and a half. That'll do. They were in one in the first half. And then the second half, they went dead. Michigan State was kind of just dead the entire time. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't get in a rhythm, couldn't get first downs, couldn't assert their dominance. Kind of got hairy. The other team's hanging around. In State's case, they were beating them. In Michigan's case, all of a sudden it's 20 to 13 and Rutgers has the ball late in the fourth. It's like, oh, shit, these guys are fucking have a chance. These guys could win the game. Michigan held them off. Michigan, same thing, dude. Same thing. Like As a Michigan fan, you're probably sitting there right now like, hey, um, this team, this offense that the whole identity is kind of built off, oh, these guys can run the ball. The whole season up to this point I – mean, the whole season's been three games. Up to this point, you're thinking, man, Michigan can run it on everyone. Michigan's a run game. Michigan's run game sets up the pass game. Oh, if the offense – you're kind of predicated, and the identity's built on the run. Yeah, you'd probably like to go into the Rutgers game and run for 300 yards and beat them by 40, probably. But at the same time, if you're a Michigan fan, to some extent, you have to be, like I said with MSU, like it's good to see them figuring it out. Yeah, the offense was dead. You, you didn't have any momentum, I would assume tough because I didn't watch the game, like I said, but I assume when your offense can't pick up a first down, the air in the stadium kind of leaves. The The crowd's a little lifeless by the time the fourth quarter rolls around. All of a sudden, Rutgers is believing in themselves. They're like, wait a second. It's a two-possession game and Michigan can't fucking pick up a first down, right? Rutgers is believing. It's the late in the fourth. They got the ball. It's a one-possession game. They're sitting in their huddle like, all right, let's fucking beat these guys, right? Yeah, it would have been nice as a Michigan fan to smoke him and beat him by a ton at the same time. Offense went lifeless. Defense in the second half, 13 points. Good performance still by the defense. But nonetheless, let Rutgers crawl back a little bit in the second half. The defense tightened the straps, held them off. The offense did like the bare minimum of what they needed, and the guys, they figured out a way to win the game. That's all that matters. Rutgers isn't a bad team. They were undefeated too. Guys on that team were on the team that lost to Michigan by 70. You don't think they wanted to go in there and beat Michigan's ass? Like, that's a big game for Rutgers. Those guys went into that fired up. They did. I promise you that. Yeah, you'd like to beat him by 1,000. You won the game. You didn't play well. Your offense didn't do a thing in the second half. Your whole team's identity and, and for sure, the offense has been predicated on the run game. You couldn't do that. You figured out a way. They hung around. They were in the game late, similar, again, to Michigan State. Michigan this year hasn't been in a spot like that. Michigan hasn't been in a fourth quarter where it's like, oh, oh these guys are still here. These guys can still win the game. Whoa. Home, there are probably some tight buttholes in the big house, I'd imagine. I mean, it's a one-possession game, and Rutgers has the ball in the fourth. Probably some nervous folks. Michigan, the sideline, they're probably looking around like, oh, shit. This isn't good. Like we're this isn't we're in a game right now. It's the fourth quarter. Usually by this point we're up 30 and it's over. Uh-oh. Same thing as state too. A Michigan team that coming into the year didn't have the greatest expectations. I mean, they were it was like, hey, Michigan goes 8 and 4, like that's pretty good. Didn't have the greatest expectations. All of a sudden, they're 3 and 0. They're ranked. People are talking about their run game. People are talking about the defense. Ohio State looks weak. All of a sudden, there's a narrative in college football and in the Big Ten where it's, oh, Michigan, like this might be Michigan's chance. Ohio State's down. Michigan looks pretty good. Michigan's running the football. Michigan looks better than people expect. Like that hype, very similar. It's funny how similar MSU and Michigan are this year. Week four, you just had the big game a couple weekends ago against Washington. Week four, it's Rutgers. They're coming into a town. Day game. Ugh. Like, let's get to 4-0. and The hype's starting to build around the team. The expectation is starting to be put. All of a sudden, a team that came into the year with whatever, let's see what happens, all of a sudden by week four, much like MSU again, people are expecting you to win that game. Oh, it's Rutgers at home. We're running the ball on everybody. We're 3-0. and We got to get to 4-0. and Yeah, you should win this game, no problem. All of a sudden, it's Michigan. It's like the pressure's on. Pressure's on you guys. Fourth quarter, they got the ball. I'm sure guys on that team, on that defense, the coaching staff, Harbaugh's probably like, God fucking damn it, do not choke this one away. You know what I'm saying? They hit that point similar to State. Like, uh uh-oh, fuck. We're losing. We're in a close game. It's the fourth quarter. Uh Uh-oh. All of a sudden, like, people came to this game, and they were like, State should win today, and now we're losing, and the hype, it's like, what's going on here? Listen. Be great to beat Nebraska by a thousand. Be great to beat Rutgers by a thousand. Michigan, Michigan State, both teams figured out a way to win. You got to do that at some point. And I'll tell you this even if neither of them win the Big Ten or do anything that like great this year, it sets the culture for next year. At least from an MSU perspective. Michigan, you're in year seven of Harbaugh. I'm talking about next year probably isn't a good sign. But for state, it's like, hey. Remember, like that night game, Nebraska. All the fans, like you didn't play well, and you guys figured out a way. Like those are character-defining wins. That's that. Those are wins, and those are games that next time that happens, it's like, wait a second, let's not panic. We're like we've been here. We figured this out before. We'll figure it out again. That builds belief. That makes a team think they're never out of it, which is a great, great, great thing to have. Good wins for both teams. I'm glad they're both four and zero. Like I have said, I hope they're both seven and zero. My God, if they're 7-0 and Halloween in East Lansing, the place is going to burn to the fucking ground. I hope they get there both 7-0. Um, State's got Western Kentucky this week. Michigan's traveling to Camp Randall. That's a big game. Um, we'll talk about, we'll look forward to those games on, on the Thursday episode, but that's all I got. That's all I got, folks. I appreciate everybody listening. Hope you guys had a good weekend of watching sports. Hopefully you have a good week, um, and we will be back on Thursday. Looking forward to this weekend's games. Thanks everyone. Keep sharing, keep supporting. Love you guys.